Hey, everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one website that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally and domestically. But this is put together by three Marines. One is Joe Bitts, who served in combat in Iraq and unfortunately was wounded there, but he's doing fine now, at least physically. And then there's myself. I did three combat tours to both Iraq and Afghanistan. And there's another Marine veteran, Ray Krause, who served his time in the Marine Corps. And we're just putting together a website that provides information about what's going on in America here and what's going on abroad, but doing it in a fact-based manner. We don't insult anybody. We just provide the facts. You make up the determination if you agree with it or not, and you get to do with it. Now, today we're going to be talking about And we're going to expand on something which we talked about last week is a crisis in American education and who's to blame. And the reason why this issue comes up and the reason why this resonates with me is my father only had a fifth grade education and he wanted his kids educated. Whether you go through trade school like two of my brothers did or whether you go to college like my older brother and myself did. And the purpose is what he always said. The only way to get out of poverty is with a solid education. But what we're seeing now is a crisis in U.S. education because in August, the National Assessment for Educational Progress, or NAEP, which is basically the barometer for education across America, issued a report card. And it said math and reading scores for ninth graders plummeted to a 30-year low. Now, this is only the preliminary results They're going to come out with the more detailed within a couple weeks prior to the midterm elections. And it's going to show that because of the pandemic, Americans' children are not learning. They've lost a lot of learning there. Now, a lot of these scores reflect what was we knew before. And if you go to those in the minority community, their scores just plummeted. Los Angeles Unified School District A report was released by, or at least preliminary report or segment of that from the L.A. Times showing that well over 80% of blacks and Hispanic children are deficient at grade level in math and, and English. So this is a big issue, and the question is, who's to blame for this? Is it the unions? Is it spending? Is it the school districts? Who is to blame? Well, I mean, you I mean, pre- Joe, you got kids. I mean, who do you think is the problem here? If I can be honest, I think it's the parents. Because, I mean, there is a lot of activity that kind of goes on behind the scenes. Correct. That would probably, you, there needs to be more parental involvement when it comes to this. And as an example, I think that homework nowadays, so as my son has gone into middle school, we're not as involved in the homework as more, as much as checking it, but like say for our daughter and for our son when he was in elementary, we were very involved. And I almost joked a little bit about how the homework was more for the parents than it was for the actual kids themselves, mm-hmm. thinking that the more their parent is in that child's bubble when it comes to education, the more that they're going to follow it. My wife and I, we have an app that tracks our son's progress. So we're, we're getting grades as they're coming in. So we'll see that he has an A. And then if he doesn't turn in an assignment, it goes down to a D. So we go in there in his room and be like, did you complete this assignment? Once he completes that assignment and submits it, it brings his score back up. Okay. So... There is, I think, a lot more parent involvement. We use tutors as well to help further their education. Well, I noticed like during the pandemic, 
I mean, you guys, ever since I've known you, you and your wife are very proactive in your children's education. But then, like, I was talking with your wife a little bit ago. She was, they, you guys had the choice to move your son from one school to another because they, you guys felt it gave your children, or at least your son, a better quality education thriving in that school. Yeah. But the reason I also blame, I, I, there's elements to say that parents are responsible, but I also want to put a blame on government and the school districts because they're all against school choice. And I just look at it from a cost analysis. The United States spends about $800 billion a year, and this is from the U.S. Census Bureau, <laughs> and this is from the federal, state, and local level on education. So where does the money go? Can and then I we gave $200 billion through K-12 through to the COVID relief packages, and it's always say, we need more money, we need more money, but where does the money go, and how are these kids educated? How much money do we spend on our defense? Like we much? spend about just a little bit over seven hundred billion dollars, almost. Okay, but so we put so is education the one thing that we put the most money in when it comes to the one of the most? Yeah, they put probably more into education than anything else. Okay, and but yeah, it's still not as well. So where is this money going? Is there? And that's the thing is, I would like to know where is the money going, and then if you look at. Now, Randy Weingarten, she's the president of the second largest teachers union. When the test scores first came out, she wanted to blame the previous administration. Well, the previous administration did everything he could to keep schools open, but schools are a local matter. And the teachers union kept schools closed. Like my brother lives in California and his kids were stuck at home for a good year and a half. But it's ironic, the ones that are strong proponents, mainly in the Democratic Party, are strong proponents of public education, they don't send their kids to pub public school. They go to private. President Biden's kids were in private, President Obama. John Fetterman, the candidate running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, his kids are privately schooled. Look at Gavin Newsom. He kept 6 million California children stuck at home learning on Zoom, but his kids were in private school. Why is it, what was the adage, what's good for me is not good for thee? It's just one standard for, I guess, the peasants get to go to the government-run school, no matter that they're failing, and yet they send their children to private school. So, so there's a lot to look at. And then when I propose a question about where's like the money going, one of our TikTok uh, followers said Mike Davis was said it went to Betsy DeVos. Or is that say that again? When I asked where the money was going, where the $9 billion was going, and I guess he chimed in saying it went to Betsy DeVos. DeVos. Yeah, she was the Department of Education chair. Yeah, under uh, the previous administration. Under, under, under uh, President Trump. So I don't know what he meant by it went to her. Probably but she, she stole it. But see, the federal government has a role, but the majority of the spending comes from... The states. The states and the local level. That's why when President Trump wanted to open up the schools... He doesn't have that authority because it's left up to the states and it's left up to each school district. But you're, but see, this other report that came out from the assessment for educational progress, they're going to issue a very detailed one within the, within a week. It's coming out prior to the midterm. Now, people can say it was political because they're releasing that report now. It's not political because of one COVID. It was pushed off a year. And then because of no child left behind, it comes out every other year. So this is the first time that it's coming out right before a midterm election. And the results aren't going to be that pretty. But then you got to listen to another aspect. 
parents want to focus on the basics, reading, math, science, engineering, computers. But look what's transpiring across the country. And this is one of the issues that got Governor Yunkin in Virginia elected. Too many of these school districts are pushing this woke ideology with critical race theory. And I've talked to, at work, I talked to a lot of parents. And they're against critical race theory. They want the basics being taught. But a lot of these school districts, like take Oregon, this is from the Oregonian, but this is also from the Department of Education in Oregon. They're, they ended any kind of test to graduate in math and English to graduate high school because they think it was racist. They'll drop in the standards, and yet a lot of African-American children aren't ready to prepared for a job or college. So Even by holding, okay, so there's a, is there a correlation why holding these kids, there, there should be a set standard for these children to follow in order to graduate. But also, we also have in our legal system that they're the, with bail reform, it, it kind of seems to be benefiting, it's benefiting minorities. When it okay, comes, what do you mean by bail reform? I, bail reform, like they're not having people pay bail in order to get out. They're correct. just, so... Where is there a correlation there? Like, why are they kind of maybe I won't say circumventing, but they're kind of being they're just they're serving just the minority community when it comes to lowering standards when it comes to well, because I think like I think the where it's going is this progressive element of the Democratic Party puts through a woke ideology, meaning they look at race through everything they do. Everything is, is about race when race isn't there. And they push an ideology that really harms the minority community. Now you mentioned bail reform. This harms the minority community. When it comes to education, like in New York, New York got rid of, and I'm not sure if Governor, I mean, if Mayor Adams reinstated it, but under Mayor de Blasio, he got rid of the gifted and talented program because they, he found out that more whites and Asians were in these programs, albeit not enough blacks and Hispanics. So he looked at it, that was racist. Well, instead of looking at why aren't blacks and Hispanics getting into this program, is it because it's racism or is it because the quality of the education that they're receiving isn't up to par? And it can go back to a, more, a myriad of different things like parents' involvement. You're very involved in your school. These families aren't have that heavily involvement. But sometimes you also got to look. I have a friend of mine who's a single mom. When they shut down the schools here in Florida, she had to take time off from work because she's a single mom. And she's heavily involved in her school. But if you're working full time, you can't be there for your child. But the, there has to be some type of account. And I would like to hold the standard, raise the bar, these kids can meet it, but challenge them. And if those kids don't want to do what they want to do, then move them off to another school. But let's not punish these children. We've got to educate our kids. And these numbers, to me, are an embarrassment. Uh -huh. I wish Democrats would, would speak out, but they're not because either they benefit from it because they're part of that educational industrial complex. I wish Republicans would speak out more. But my question is, and we kind of raised this last week, Where's Black Lives Matter? They should be jumping all over this when well, minority I, kids, black children, are not being educated 
to the way they should be. It would definitely escalate their cause, though, too. Like, if I knew that there were, if I knew that Black Lives Matter was like in there supporting the education system and helping out their community with their money, I think it would give you a better good, give you a better feeling of giving your money to them. Exactly. Knowing that it's going to benefit who they say they want it to benefit. But see, then I would like to hold these other office holders, and mainly Democrats, because they've been the leading advocate of education and they run a lot of these school districts a lot of these woke policies i would like to ask randy weingarten like i said she runs the second largest teachers union and she has a total compensation of five hundred thousand dollars a year so i would like to ask her is where does all this money go you run this the the schools in america basically the democrats get a lot of their dues from the teachers union which goes 98 percent to the democrats you always want more money for education. You want better teacher pay, better salaries, benefits. Okay, let's do a cost and out. What are we getting with the money we give you? Yeah. I mean, I would just like to know. You shut the schools down, and then you blame somebody else when the results don't come back. What do you think is going to happen? And I would ask Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, why are you holding back on releasing the data when you have, there's no reason to keep it hidden. Is it because it's going to show yeah. the, pa- the pandemic was a disaster, especially for minority children? And I, wouldn't you think that a lot of blue cities set back the, um, set back their, they're going to put forward kids into the, like the into the workforce that are probably behind two years in their education so well but there's a good case going up in front of the supreme court is it's a racial discrimination case or affirmative action because at harvard and i think the other one was university of north carolina i'm not sure about that one but i know it's harvard where they have certain quotas basically where an asian has to meet a certain threshold let's say they have to score a thousand points easy math a thousand points or an African-American maybe have to score 650, and maybe Hispanic around the same thing. White has to score this to get admitted into Harvard, and they were using race as one of the parameters. And instead of asking why isn't blacks and Hispanics doing what better in school, is it because they're inferior? No, it's because they go to one of the deplorable schools and they're not being fixed. Well, we also, one of the tutors here say that if you are, you're automatically going to be promoted to the next grade, whether you did it, whether you deserve it or not. And to me, that's, that does harm because I was watching an educational segment where they were interviewing a bunch of parents when it came to education. There was this African-American who came from Kenya and he said, you're dropping the standards for minority children as a guise of oh, it's racism, the way we hold these kids to the standard. What's going to happen when they graduate and they're three or four levels behind, but they got a high school diploma or they got a college degree and they go into the workforce and the employer is going to look at the different demographics and he's going to say, well, I may not want to hire that Hispanic or that African-American applicant because I know that his diploma is watered down compared to the white or Asian students. Do they, maybe, do they already know that? And that's like telling these children that you need special help, but instead of looking at their, the way, the quality of their education, that's why I'm a big proponent of choice. Now, even 
the constitutional scholar that I follow, I know we mentioned this many times, Jonathan Turley, he was educated in public school. So he's a big advocate for public schools and he grudgingly understands why people want something different. But I want kids to get an education. I want parents to have choice to send their kids from this failing school to a better school to get a better education. Because if you lose a year or two, and we're seeing what the pandemic did, kids lost two years of learning. You don't get that back. Now, if you were a high achiever like your kids, because I know coming over to your house during the pandemic, you had tutors here. I know your wife is grills your kids, yeah, making sure they're educated, and she's really on your daughter when I come over. <laughs> but what happens if parents were at work and they couldn't come home? They're coming home. They're single parents. They can't be there for the kids. So yeah. if they're a low-performing student, those two years aren't coming back anytime soon. No, but, I mean, we should also look at the equality of – they're always teaching, preaching about equality, and I think that we should start holding all all races to the well, same to the same standard. If, if it almost seems – and I don't know if this is good or bad. It almost seems like they're holding, say, white kids to a certain level or a certain standard than they are, say, black and Hispanic. And isn't that, isn't that in itself segregation? And it's racism. Like the school board in San Francisco, the three of them got recalled because there was one high school called Lowell High School, which is a private public school, but you had to take a test to get in. It was a very high-performance class school. And I spoke at that high school when I lived out in California for an event. And what they found out is more whites and, and Asians get into that school than blacks and Hispanics. So they got rid of the test and went to a lottery system. And the, these Asian parents said, wait a minute, my kid studies his butt off, scores a high score, but he's not going to get in because we got to go to a lottery system. But instead of asking the question, why aren't blacks and Hispanic students getting into these schools? Is I, it because they're, it's not that because they're not smart is they don't go to a good quality school. So that's why these parents should have choice. And I would like to ask President Biden. I would like to ask Kamala Harris. I definitely would ask Gavin Newsom. But let's say during the campaign, John Fetterman, who's running for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania, since you sent a child to public private school, why are you denying these other children a chance to get the quality education that your child enjoys. I really wish there was somebody in our TikTok or Instagram that worked for the education system that could maybe put some insight. Yeah, I would <laughs> into kind of like what we're talking about and maybe either validate what we're saying or have different look at. Maybe yeah. there's a different opinion, but I just see. If only there was somebody. I haven't seen yet. <laughs> no, I haven't seen. What it are or some? Heard anybody okay, yet. we got a lot of comment. Any comments coming back? That we're freaking nuts. Other than we're not. Uh, other now. than that, uh, we're trash for supporting Trump. If we ever did say we support. Yeah, Trump. I saw that one. <laughs> yeah. Trump is trash. The question I would say to, to that person, okay, I, I got it. You don't like Donald Trump. I quite understand that. That has nothing to do with the conversation. Now. <laughs> I, well, the other thing is, I understand his rhetoric runs my has the skin on my back go up. But my question is, tell me what Trump did that's so repulsive, especially with education. Now, that was the conversation. He wanted to open the schools. Florida opened up. Texas opened up. Georgia opened up. And everybody was adamant against that. Now we're finding out 
Who was the who were the ones that paid the price of the closure to the schools as long as they did? The students, the children today, they lost learning. So how is that going to be made up? And why was, again, I go back to this because my nieces and nephew were were directly result of the pain of that. Gavin Newsom's son, kids were in private school, in-person learning, where my nieces and nephew had to learn in front of a computer at home. Well, so explain to me that one. With the like the the education, what are things that oh when it comes to like say maybe privatizing education, is that kind of look like a, maybe a better option? And it's not like that the kids that can't afford a private education will go to the wayside. There will be a bunch of scholarships and stuff like that for them. But do you see like maybe getting the government out of our business when it comes to education and maybe letting it just be focused on maybe certain regions? Well, I think the way to do it is choice in a matter. What's going on now? And granted, you and your wife are very involved in your children's education. Yeah. Parent involvement is key to education, but they need to allow parents' involvement. If you look at around the country, this is the whole reason why Glenn Youngkin won. Out in Loudoun County, you had, and then you had this, the teachers' union work with the Justice Department under Merrick Garland because the school districts were complaining that parents were getting too vocal. They were afraid. And they, and then what does Merrick Garland do? He wants to institute and call them domestic terrorists because they're concerned about their children's education. And then the other thing you're seeing a lot of school districts throughout across the country are pushing this woke ideology, transgender, gender affirm, affirmation, all this stuff that has nothing to do with reading, with math, with English, science, business, all the, and then teach history of our country. And I've said this many times, not on this, even on this program or this podcast, American history is dark. There's been wonderful periods of our history, but there's been dark periods of our history. We need to teach the good, the bad, and the ugly, but teach American history so everybody understands how our country was formed, what happened in American history? And then, like, how many people even know what the Federalist Papers are? All right, so Beach Baby 226 said, Right now, schools are focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion. inclusion. And I would agree with Beach Baby because that's the same thing that's infected the military, and that's a whole nother podcast from there, and that's going to hamper military readiness. They're so focused on diversity, equity, and inclusion at the expense of reading, of math, English, science, trade. computer, trade schools. My brother didn't go to college. Does that make him not as smart? I would look at this. Look where our country is from all the smartest people around. We got record inflation, highest in 40 years. We got economic stability. We got supply chain issues. Look at foreign policy. Where's our success? We got beat in Afghanistan by a bunch of goat herders wearing flip-flops. So these are all the geniuses that went to our best military institutions and also our best educational institutions, and they failed. That doesn't make someone not as smart. 
because they didn't go to college. Where does education maybe stand for the issues on this upcoming midterms, John? I mean, like it won it for Glenn Youngkin when it came to Virginia and the governor's seat. But a lot of the things I've been hearing well, down here in Florida is like they're not wanting to indoctrinate your kids when it comes to the, the transgender movement or it's abortion when it comes to the Democrats. It's inflation and taxes. So that's where we're kind of getting down here in Florida. But like overall, are there any states that are focusing on education? There are. Virginia obviously is a big one. You're seeing it down in New Mexico, right, New Mexico, Arizona, because the current governor pushed that everybody gets a, a certain voucher to take your kid anywhere you want. If the Democrat candidate wins in Arizona, she said she's going to abolish that. It's not a top. It's a top issue. Just not the top issue because everybody's focusing on inflation, gas prices, grocery prices. But if this, when this report comes out within a week or so from the assessment for educational progress, and it shows dismal results, especially for minority children, and if it shows that blue states regressed where red states didn't, that's also you're going to see many campaign ads go out on that. Well, right before you get there, when it comes to like, I mean. Why aren't they maybe promoting how education is kind of like the great equalizer? Because you and I believe that, I mean, the key to success would be having a great or having a valid education. I would agree. I would and maybe if we got that across, like, hey, parents, if you want your kids to be successful in life, focus on their education. Let's give them a great education. And I think that's the only way. It seems that if they know that, then the fix is in and that these blue cities are just tanking it on purpose because they don't want anybody successful coming out of that state. No, I would agree. I talked to somebody who deals with in the Republican circles and I kept this and way before this became a big issue. And you know how many times I've talked about the quality of education and the numbers. I said, this is, should be an issue front and center. And he just, yeah, that's great. We'll get to it, but they never do. I wish he would have, they would have pushed a bigger emphasis on education because that is the great equalizer. And I talk to many in the minority communities, and anytime I mention school choice, education, they've got their eyes bug out because they know that's the only way to get out of poverty. Yeah. All right. So Beach Baby 226 said In some states, there was a focus on only college bound, starting to once again include trade school. No, I would agree with her. Everybody, I knew somebody that in California, she was an educator. And she said the same thing. Everybody needs to go to college. Why? Like, it's like college is not for everybody. I talked to a friend of mine who owns his own cybersecurity company. I asked him, do you need a college education for this? And he goes, no. The Russians who hacked into our grid didn't have a college education. They just had the wherewithal, the knowledge, and the experience to do this. I talked to somebody who did owns a drone company. He said the same thing. We need to get... College should be for those who need a professional degree because they're going into a professional field. But if you look at all the jobs out there, it always says you need this much college. You need a college degree when you don't need a college degree. You just need the experience. Well, it's kind of it was funny that you mentioned that because I was watching it. I was watching a TikTok and uh, one of the questions was asked or one of the questions was, that was proposed. He goes, why do I want to go to college for four years to get a degree where I could just go online and print one up? And it might not 
makes sense. But what I understood from what him saying is that when you're going in for a job, they don't really care if you, the only way they would care if you graduated high school or not graduated high school is if you check the box saying you didn't graduate high school. And I think the same thing would go. There's just a check in a box when it comes to level of education. So they don't ask you what school they went to. They don't ask you what did you study? They just said higher education and it's certificate or it's some college. If it's did you graduate and what degree? So it's almost to that point where I can't get a decent job. Okay, I have a very decent job. But I'm just saying if I couldn't maybe pursue some of the stuff I maybe wanted to do because they would maybe deny me because I wasn't. I didn't have a college education. Um, but see, but that's the point. We've got this elitist attitude that you're only successful if you have a college degree. And that's not the case. I mentioned earlier, look at the look at our country's run. And these are from the most educated people in the country. We're running our country into the ground. And we make this idea, like I spoke to a local former congressman when he was in the Congress, and I said, education should be three three approaches. Those who want to go to college, those who want to go to vocational trade, building trades, electricians, carpenters, but there should be a small, another track for those who want to go to the high tech trade. We're getting hacked all the time. Why don't we have like the Jedi Knights who are cyber warriors all over the country for those kids who may not want to go to college? They don't want to ring up $50,000 in student loan debt. So why don't we challenge, have something like that all over the place? So final question before we go, but what, okay, what region or part or where in the world do they have like the best education and what are they doing that we are not? Well, one of the countries is Germany. I don't want to duplicate how they do things in Europe, but Germany has a very good vocational training program. They push these in into the local levels, like in the K through 12 system before they graduate. So they expose them to a broader educational environment to expose people to different vocational trades. Okay. So every country has good things and bad things. We have a, we can have the best educational system in the country. We have the best tech companies in the world, but there needs to be a full integration, not just from government can set the direction, but the business community and I'm going to be blunt, need to get its head out of its ass and start pushing quality education throughout the K through 12 because they get employees coming in where they have to spend billions on job training. All right, really quick, a beach baby, one last time. Once the government started, no child left behind and then raced to the top and tied state money to scores. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these, like, no child left behind, in race to the top, that sounds good. It's one of these catch phrases. It's a great PR slogan, but w- my question is, what are the results? And we're seeing the results. Prior to the pandemic, it was a problem, and now it's even exacerbated during the pandemic. And how many kids are forever lives are ruined because they shut down the schools when they didn't need to? There was no evidence to suggest why they had to shut those schools down. And now everybody's trying to cover their butt, like Dr. Fauci, the teachers, you're blaming others, when them themselves are to blame for what they did to these children. I have a controversial question myself. Here it comes. Is college appropriate for an 18-year-old? It depends. Some kids... That's a good question. No, it, it depends. 
some kids are academically immature at 18. I was one of them. I went to college when I got out of the Marines when I was 21 years old, but I got more intellectual about the pursuit of education as I got older. But the one thing that I did do is I worked at different areas. I worked at different jobs. I worked at low-level jobs, mid-level to higher-level jobs. So I was exposed to a lot of things that I utterly wouldn't be exposed to before. So not always. Sometimes people need life experience. I wish members of Congress, the executive, and this is on both sides of the political aisle, had more life experience instead of more I went to law school, then I'm going to become a congressman. Or I went to this, or I decided I want to run for Congress. Instead of going out into the work, maybe the economy would have been different if we had more economic leaders or economic advisors who actually ran a business, who've actually worked in the workforce instead of just going to academia, government, and now they're going to dictate how we run our lives. Well, and I only say that because me personally, I went back to school at 24. Yeah, so, so I was a little I needed, older. Yeah, I needed to experience the world. I was not exactly a scholar student. I hated sitting down. Couldn't do it for a 42-minute period. So I knew that college wasn't even on the table for Okay, me. but for me, I went to college when I was 20. I wasn't until I was 22 that I found out I was severely dyslexic. Yep. So I went through K through 12. And I mean, as much as Joe knows, I love to read. That helped me with my dyslexia. Improve my vocabulary, improve my sentence, con- you know, composition. But math kills me. It always, to this day, it kills me. But I went through all that K through 12 not knowing I was dyslexic. The only reason I got caught was at a junior college taking a music course for a requirement, and the teacher said, you may be dyslexic, and I was. So I school. my niece is dyslexic, and it's not easy. So I had to kind of work twice as hard and I went to college. I did all right. I wasn't out of, my grades didn't reflect my ability because I learned in other areas. Like I, I like to public speak. I, you know, Joe knows, you guys know about how much I love to do the research part, but sometimes that doesn't correlate into finding a position because they look at one aspect instead of all aspects. All right, John. So how can they go ahead and get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports at gmail.com. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. Or you can go to Twitter, Facebook, definitely TikTok, Instagram, and all the different channels that we're on when we place this podcast. Also, just a reminder, every Wednesday at 730 Eastern Standard Time, we do a live streaming of the podcast. The next couple weeks, We're going to devote our time to the upcoming midterm elections and talk about what's trending, what are the issues, what are some of the challenges, and take it from there. So Red wave, roll tide. No, we have the wrong one. We'll have to see how that goes. Now, Joe. Also, Also, Ray is a Second Amendment enthusiast, and he does have his own gunsmithing practice, and he's also a notary. And, Ray, how can he get a hold of you? Uh, my email is raymond.aags at gmail.com, and we can go any over anything Second Amendment related. We're obviously keeping up with the midterms and all the legislation that we will see what happens after because they're the, holding that. But the other thing with Ray, Ray is very knowledgeable 
with firearms. And I work at a law enforcement supply company, and we do sell firearms. You're not a cop. I'm not a cop, but we do sell (laughs) firearms. But I've noticed a trend where a lot more first-time gun buyers are coming. There's a lot more females coming in. So if you do have questions, Ray is very knowledgeable regarding handguns. So if you're looking at what handgun I should get for my first gun, females as well, Ray is a good source of information. So just reach out to him, and he can guide you to what is best for you. Yep. And then he can dispel the images. Like what if you go to, let's say, a gun store, it's very intimidating. If you've never been around firearms, you're listening to these people, what are the, what are the kind of takeaways you should avoid in a gun store, and what are some of the takeaways you should expect out of a gun store to make sure you get the right weapon for you and Ray's very good about dispelling some of those myths. And it's a very personal decision. Very yeah. personal. But you would want to make sure you get the right one because I knew a friend's friend who was sold a wrong one, and it cost her $800. And we just want to make sure that your first-time gun purchase is what you want, not what the gun store wants to sell you. And a good experience. And a great experience. So you maybe buy another. Yep. So, and Ray and I, we have a podcast called All American Gunslingers. You can find that on All American Gunslingers on all social media and all on streaming, unless it's Twitch, where it's All American Pew Pew Slingers. And we talk a little bit more guns, liquor, all the vices in this world. We keep this show clean where we go yeah, over right. to our show and we're not Dirty. so clean. Yeah, they get so, a little uh, bit more edgier. Join us over there. We're at All American Gunslingers, email.com. Right now, we're just having, uh, we're going to be promoting. November in November no shave November so get ready for that and then we'd like to see you join us on our TikTok and our Instagram if whatever you prefer and we will see you then all right till next time remember every Wednesday at 7 30 Eastern Standard Time you'll get to hear the Ubaldi report so check it out pass it off to your friends until next time keep listening to Ubaldi report Mm -hmm.